Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Christmas edition of our Byron Community Podcast. We've had such a great time this year um, building uh, and then sharing our podcast uh, to people all over our local community, all over Australia, and, and some people from different parts of the world. And in general, people have really enjoyed listening to us. We, as a group, want to thank you for tuning in, for sharing, for telling your friends about it. And we're really looking forward uh, to a break over Christmas and then to um, expanding and having a whole lot of new people come onto the podcast in 2024. One of the things that I personally have enjoyed this year about making the podcast has been working on the podcast with a bunch of uh, young people who are part of our organisation here. We've all got day jobs, uh, really interesting day jobs, but the four of us, uh, Myra, Tiana, Ollie, Ao and myself, came together at the start of the year and thought we'd put our toe into the waters of podcasting. Uh, we didn't have much experience in that area, though I've enjoyed talking to people for years, but certainly not making podcasts. And we've moved through all the learning stages to the point now where we think we've learned enough to be able to continue with this and then we've certainly had a lot of enjoyment out of doing it. So what I thought I would do at, at the end of the year, other than wishing you all Merry Christmas and thanking you so much for listening to us, what I thought I would do is also introduced um, Tiana, uh, Ollie and Myra and, and allow you to hear a little bit of their journeys. They're all young people. They all love Byron. They, they all, there's some born here, but some have ventured here from far away. And I think when you hear uh, their journeys and why they love living in our beautiful part of the world, you'll see why I enjoy working with them and why our project has been such a success. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you all, and please uh, enjoy this small version of our Byron community. Goodbye. Our first guest today is Tiana Podesta. Thank you for joining us, Tiana. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's definitely um, a bit different than being just behind the scenes, being actually on it now. <laughs> well, it, it, we do our podcasts here a little differently in the sense that we've usually got uh, – two or three of us sit in the room. A lot of podcasts just have the podcast interviewer and the, the interviewee and the interviewer, but we've done ours differently from the get-go. I have no idea why, and we've just kept the same formula. So there's usually myself, the person I'm interviewing, and there's at least two of you in, in here, sometimes three. Um, podcasting, just to put it in, in, in the right context, is a, for us anyway has been, been a learning process and none of us have really been involved in them before, but we've evolved and learned as we've gone along. Um, what I want to do, Tiana, is uh, ask you the same questions um, that we ask all the people that come in. So first, let everyone know, how did you end up in, in this part of the world? Yeah, so I was born in Lismore with my identical twin sister. Um, we both grew up in Byron Bay. We went to Byron Primary School, went to Byron High for a little bit, and then Xavier in Skinner's Head. Um, we absolutely loved it. Grew up surfing, um, horse riding in Bangalore because, you know, there's the country and the beach, which is which is awesome. Um, and then we both went away for four years to Brisbane and studied at QUT and um, 
ended up coming back because we loved we love home so much and there's no place like home. Yeah. You studied um, media and social media and so on as part of your communications degree, didn't you? Yes. My sister and I studied the exact same thing, which some people think is a bit weird, but we both had the same interests and we both love it. I don't think it's weird based <laughs> on my limited but nevertheless extensive interaction with twins, which I'm always asking you twins questions yes. and we've got another twin works in the business here. So I, I find the whole what you've just said, not strange at all based <laughs> on all, all the twins I've had the good fortune to talk to. When you, when you grow up in a place like this that so many other people move to and then you go away, what did you miss about here for your four years in Brisbane? What, what, what was the hardest parts about being what, what we both know as a two-and-a-half-hour drive down a tough highway sometimes? Yeah. What was the hard bit? Having no beach. <laughs> that was the hardest. Yeah. It was hot. It was, to me, it, it was just a bit depressing. I'm not a city girl. I yeah. definitely um, love Byron. But also I don't think I'm a very, like, I don't think I'd like a town if it was there was nothing happening and I think there's a lot happening in Byron. Yeah. So I think it's a happy medium for me. What yeah. are you, 20, 22, 23 years of age? 24. Uh, 24 sorry, sorry, 20, <laughs> 24. What, what does a 24-year-old person do here? Um, and by that I mean... When you say there's lots to do, mm. what, what, what do you do when you're 24 years of age? You've got a good job um, and, 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 and what do you do here? What, what fills your time? For me, um, we're at the beach all the time. We surf. Um, I go to Pilates most morning at Social Remedy. Um, Muay Thai, I grew up playing, I'm not playing, training Muay Thai, which is, also, which is awesome. Um, what is Muay Thai, like a karate or a? a kickboxing. What? Is it? Yeah, it's like kickboxing. I worked with you for a while and I didn't know you did that. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you've learned that since you're how old? Uh, 13. Yeah? Yeah, um, with Jared and he actually trains up in Kurabel now yeah. um, but was in the gym in the industrial state. Um, and then also our time is, you know, filled with pubs and nightclubs and it's, it's The normal fun. stuff. Yeah, the normal stuff. And people think there's no nightclub life or, you know, nightlife here but there definitely is. Of the people that you went to school with of 24 years of age, so you went to school in this part of the world, how many of the younger people your age have moved back to live in the community or stayed here in yeah. the community? How many? To be honest, most of them had stayed and a lot of them didn't really go to uni. Mm. Um, but, yeah, some moved to Melbourne and Sydney and then came back home um, because of COVID um, and, you know, this was a bit of a different bubble. It wasn't, it wasn't like the cities. Yeah. And they stayed? Yeah, they've stayed, yeah. I think that one of the hardest things for all regional communities was for years that the young people would all leave mm. and not come back. Yeah. And, and the great, this is an observation I'll make, but the wonderful thing for our town here is that so many of the young people either stayed or went away, got education to come back. As an mm. employer, it's fantastic because you've got people with all these skills, but it also means you haven't got a bunch of old people wandering yeah. around town without any young people. Yeah. You know, and you've got nightlife and, and there is everyone who sits in these interview chairs says the same thing. It doesn't matter their age. And this is the hardest thing to describe to people, but so many people from Sydney listen to the podcast. There's so many things to do here every day, every night, all of the time. And you, you wonder sometimes where it all comes from. But when you talk to people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm. it's all the same. What's the hardest part when you've loved and lived in a town like this your whole life? What's the hardest part about having all these 
new people or, or visitors here in, in a tourist town like this? What's the hardest bit? Um, I think the hardest part is the traffic with the new people. Um, that's something I, you know, growing up having no traffic, you just think yeah. back of the times with, with no busyness. Yeah. Um, but also I think all the new people, um, you know, they add some bright colours and it, it makes it more interesting, I think, because yeah. there's so much more creative people and a bigger creative industry now. Yeah. I always ask people this question, your favourite places, right? If someone comes here to visit or they're, they're new here or you show them around, where, where's the favourite places that you take people? Uh, my favourite place is Clark's Beach. And I was also thinking this before, it's a bit weird, but I love driving through Sunrise because that's where I grew up and I just have flashbacks of my sister and I riding our bikes and standing at the bus stop. And I know that sounds really weird, but I, I love driving through Sunrise because that's where I grew up. Yeah. I don't think that's weird. I think <laughs> a lot of people have the same feeling from the place when they were young and they felt safe and mm. had their laughs and stuff. I remember one last thing. I remember you telling me a story once about and our part of the world's blessed. We've got all these wonderful festivals and stuff here. You and your sister were great attendees of the Byron Bay Writers Festival. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So Tell we, us the impact yeah. that festival had on you as a, as a kid. Yeah, so we grew up since kindergarten every single year. We'd go to the Writers Festival as an excursion um, and it was like the the most exciting thing of the year to go to. It was like going to like, a, you know, a book that was alive because – we could hear all the authors speak about their books and it was so interesting and it was like magic. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Tayana. Thank Merry you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm talking to all the people who help during the year put the podcast together. Uh, we had Tiana and now we've got Myra, Myra Castro. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. You've had a different journey to... Uh, the, to all of us to end up in these seats in this podcast series, you came from Chile. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Byron and what's your story? How, how did you end up in this part of the world? Um, before coming to Australia, I did a bit of traveling. I traveled for a year in Asia mostly. Um, and my last stop before going back to Chile was Australia. Uh, and I came to Melbourne, actually, and Adelaide. And I really liked it. I liked the people. Uh, I liked the vibe. And uh, then I, well, I just came on a tourist visa for a couple of weeks. And then I went back to Chile. And I was not ready to settle there. After all that traveling, like the world just got so big. Um, and I found out about a work and holiday opportunity and I was just at the verge of the age limit and I had nothing to lose. So I applied for it I got it and I came back. Uh, but I knew that I didn't want to live in a city. I arrived in Sydney, but I was there for a week. And then I just asked around, where can I go? And everybody was like, you like, you know, nature and just like you're more hippie kind of girl. Go to Byron. <laughs> And, yeah, I loved it straight away. How long ago was that? That was at the end of 2016. So unless my maths are wrong, it's seven going on eight years. Is that yeah. how long you've been in the country? Yeah. The hippie, I'll come back to the hippie kind of girl <laughs> in a minute because uh, that's been a topic on the podcast lately. But 
you're a long, long way from home, right? From your from home from Chile. Um, I know from what you've told me that your dad's just been to visit, and he's come a long, long way from where you grew up. I, I, I'm I'm always interested in anyone who moves life so far. Like it's a, it's a brave thing to to move that far. Why? What has made you stay? And by that I mean, obviously you've got you've got family and friends back in Chile, but you've stayed here and in this part of the world. Why? What what is it that keeps you here? What is it that nourishes your soul and and makes you want to stay here? What is it? It started very very simple. Yeah, because I met someone. Ah, you met a boy. Yeah, <laughs> I met a boy. Ah. and it was all like romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we tried, we tried to, um, uh, he came back with me to Chile and we live in Nicaragua for a while. And then we try in Mexico for a little bit, but he didn't speak any Spanish and his source of income was here. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I spoke English and I love it here. So I was like, let's just go back to Australia. It's going to be easier. Mm. And it took us a long time, but I'm finally a citizen. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. And, um, yeah, and this is home, absolutely. There's a lot of people from South America um, who came here before COVID and who've stayed here. We were talking about this earlier in a conversation. The a lot of the other cultures now, our area here, Byron in particular, but the North Coast has lots of people. Has for thirty, forty years from different parts of the world, but the people from Chile. And Argentina and 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 Brazil have stayed right through COVID and popped out the other side. They're very smart and very resilient. But when I when I go around town now, you hear Spanish everywhere in such a lovely way in the restaurants and many of the other things. Why is this part of the world so popular with people from South America now? I don't know. Maybe South Americans call South Americans and like we know that there is a community and yes. like because it's a big like it's a big deal and you're like far away from so far from everything. So yeah. the fact that the people Chris and I, my partner, we live in the Central Coast for a little bit and I, you wouldn't hear any accents. You wouldn't see anything like yes. it was very I don't know, the people was very like the same. Yes. And being here and just seeing all these people from everywhere. Yeah, it's great. Which makes you, I guess, feel that you're in the right place, mm-hmm. that you're not unusual here because there's lots of people from other and different places. And it is accepting, I hope. It, I'm, I'm proud of it. I hope it still is. But it seems here in my many decades here now that we are accepting of difference, hopefully, to, to a large degree, and that the difference is normal. If someone is from another culture... Um, that's fine. And what did you do in, in Chile, by the way? I studied filmmaking. And ah, I was, that is your background in, in film, yeah. yes? Yeah, and I, I was working in films and doing all that sort of yes. things. Yeah. And you brought some of those skills to us. Myra does all our editing uh, and helps us put together our podcasts, also works in part of the marketing team here. And I want to thank you very much and wish you Merry Christmas for being part of the podcast team. Thank you so team. much. Thanks, thank Chris. you. Bye-bye. Hello, Chris. <laughs> good, a- <laughs> good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this, our, our final podcast, our Christmas podcast. My name's Chris Hanley, and I want you to welcome Ollie Ayo. 
Good morning or afternoon it is now, Ollie. It is. It's been a long day. How are you, Chris? I'm fine. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you for, for joining us in this Christmas podcast. Ollie, I've known you the longest of uh, nearly <laughs> anyone who works in this business I was thinking about this morning. Uh, I think from maybe when you were three, uh, yeah, I've known you. Yeah, that would be right. That'd be about right. Uh, Ollie is the same age as my daughter and went to school with my daughter, uh, preschool right through. Uh, all the, the way through, yeah. All, all the way through. Tell us your story, Ollie. How did you and your mob, your family work out, end up here? Um, going right back, my dad's from Calcutta in India and his family migrated to Australia in the early 70s and they moved to Sydney. Uh, I think it was like Western Sydney somewhere into an apartment block and fortunately enough that's where my mum and her family were living and they met pretty early on. I think like straight away and um, they got married and had kids and um, eventually, yeah, found their way up here. I think when they first found Byron, it was before they had kids and dad came up to Mullumbimby with a friend and dad was a bit alternative, so What you'd call, I don't know what you'd call it back then, I guess a bit, little bit um, experimental. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, he... When he got up here, they drove all the way up and he called mum and he was like, Jules, I found paradise. And it just soon became a frequent holiday destination. Mm. And then I'm one of five kids, the second youngest, and I was born in Sydney in Rudy Hill. And then my mum just hated Sydney, the lifestyle there. It was real stressful. And just before my brother was born in 1990 or 1991, we made the move up. And yeah, we never looked back. So. The because I know you went to preschool, a little school, primary school, and high school here. Yeah, um, that gives you a, a, a very interesting perspective on things because mm. this has been your life. Um, and, and of course, I know other members of your family. Um, I, I will say one observation I make about your family in particular is that. They have an unbelievably strong work ethic, uh, <laughs> your mob. I've run into yeah. them in all in different places over the years, including your brother Eli who the manages cinema. the cinema and I've had lots to do with him because I love movies. So Eli is someone I've had a lot to do with. As a, as, a, as a young man coming through the schools here and then in your working life here, I'm always interested in why you stay in the sense that what is it keeps you here, Ollie? What, what, what do you love about this place? Um, I guess what has always brought me back, it's just home and I just love it. Like I, I never studied, but I traveled a lot and every time I would go overseas for a few months or a year or whatever, I'd just come home and I'd always just fall back in love with it. Um, and yeah, I guess just growing up here, it's just family, my family's here and it's all I know really. It's. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's just everything. The, it's just the lifestyle, the surfing, the food, the culture, um, friends, family. Yeah, I don't know. You, just- you have a particularly unique lens in that you're in charge of all of our photography. Uh, you and I jointly own a number of drones. If you would have <laughs> said to me a few years ago that I'd be the owner of drones, I would have said to you, no way. How many drones have we got, by the way, Ollie here? Three. We own. I'm a, a three drone, a three drone owner. 
uh, and I own those drones because you've convinced me of the need to purchase <laughs> those drones. And just when I think I've got enough drones, you come along to me sometimes and tell me there's a new type of drone, Chris. Yeah. You tell me every time this one's better than the last one because, right? And what I'm interested in ultimately is getting a drone I can ride, for example, that's big <laughs> enough and then I'll be right up for them. But we own these drones and what I'm interested, you, 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 your, your, your photography is brilliant. Thank you. Uh, and the photography that you use to assist us with all the marketing of, of all of our properties is a, is a great aid to us. What I'm interested in though mm. is, is asking you, this, this particular You've had a journey the last few years through this area that nobody else gets. You go and get to look. Not only is the whole area beautiful, you get to look at the most beautiful parts of the most beautiful area in the country. Mm. Some people would argue in the world, right? Now, uniquely, right, you've been to some hidden valleys and mountains and viewpoints that no one else has seen. Yeah. Without telling me the addresses <laughs> of the places, but I'm interested – Tell us some of the really beautiful spots that you've been able to visit here in your role doing the marketing of our properties. Um, anywhere around Bedrill and Goonangarry, there's some farms, lots of forest, big acreage properties, and they take the owners will take me on a quad bike down to the creek. Down to the Wilson's Wilson River. Wilson River. Yeah, yeah. And there's just... Magical spots that if it was accessible by the public, it would be yeah. on all the yeah. like websites and all the influencers yeah. would be going there for sure. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I can't say any of the addresses. But, yeah, there's I was there's on one this week. I was on a, a, yeah. a swimming hole. The Wilson's River, for those of you from somewhere else, is the river that floods sometimes up here or causes flooding as far away as Lismore. But it has some stupendous fishing uh, mm. Sorry, swimming holes and fishing spots along the river. That is something that you that you would see in a in a movie where they've they've filmed it. Well, what about some of the views, the, the ocean views and so on that you've seen, Olive? Where's the best ocean view that you've placed in general that you've seen around here? Probably up on Cooper Chute. There's a big property that um, I think a few people listed over a course of time, but yeah, that one was the most like impressive when you walked to the edge of the pool and the you know usually a ocean view is quite thin ar around here but this was like this big thick band looking over the top of Suffolk Park from Broken Head mm. all the way to the lighthouse and beyond. That, yeah, that's probably in Byron that's probably the best and then you know Ballina and stuff have pretty good ocean views too. Like they built quite closer to the ocean than they we do. did in Byron. Yeah, they do. They've got diff different rules. Where's your favourite spot, your own personal favourite spot? I've always thought about this because I always hear you ask it on this podcast. Um, the standard obviously is the lighthouse because for me that's where I take people first because there's not many places like it when you're up at the lighthouse looking across the ocean to a beautiful backdrop of mountains there's not many places in the world where you can mm. see a perspective like that and then when the sun sets the sun casts through all the layers of mountains and you really see the contrast and layers mm -hmm. that to me is one of the most beautiful things that i love to take people to um and then the other one i've wrestled with telling but it's out <laughs> the <laughs> it's just so peaceful out there but um it's out the back of Hewenbrook and Wilson's Creek where 
Mount Jerusalem and um, Nightcap meet. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. it's a bit of a trek. With it's like an hour drive and then an hour and a half trek to the top, which it's not accessible anymore anyway with the floods and everything. But yeah, there's just a view that looks all the way north to Mount Wollumbin, and in the foreground is Mount Doughboy, this yeah. big rock thing at Dune Dune. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the most incredible something about it. When I first saw it, I was like, this is the best place on earth. And there's just massive cliffs and you can just sit on the edge and um, yeah, just have your lunch. It's so beautiful. I do think when I sit and talk to you and, and when I talk to you about the, the work that you do that, that, you know, you've just made me think in, in some respects you've got one of the best jobs <laughs> that, that anyone could ever have in the sense that you get to go and visit these yeah. absolutely remarkable and beautiful spots. Merry Christmas, Oli Ayo. Thank Thanks you, Chris. for being on the podcast. Merry Christmas to you too.